GP cool content. This time we're talking about chest pain, and this can be epic. Um, so we're going to talk through Murtags, and we've gone a little bit into ECG reading on life in the fast lane. So history of chest pain, you want to go through all your Nildekar features. When did it start? What are the associated features like shortness of breath or radiation to the back? Um, you know, you want a cardiovascular history. Is the pain worse with food? Thinking esophageal. Uh, the nature of the pain, is it tearing versus crushing? It radiates to the back or is it shortness of breath? Red flags in chest pain history would include dizziness or vertigo or lightheadedness. Pain in the arms, left greater than the right, or pain radiating to the jaw, pain on inspiration, past history of CVD risk factors, sweating, palpitations, pallor and dyspnea. Examination in chest pain, you want to look at general, are they well or unwell, are they grey or pale, you know, do they look like they're about to die. Looking at OBS for tachycardia, hyper or hypotension, tachypnea. Doing essentially a full cardiovascular exam, full respiratory exam. Um, and you might want to think about abdominal exam and possibly cranial nerve exam. Um, and you want to consider musculoskeletal causes, so doing like chest wall, uh, pain on compression um, of your chest wall. Investigations, there are many. Um, so they would include your basic bloods. ESR, CRP, uh, troponins, D-dimers, blood glucose. Um, imaging would include, or you know, bedside tests would include an ECG uh, and in there as well. Uh, and imaging, you could image anything. Basically, you could do an echo if you suspected. Um, NMI or heart failure, chest x-ray is always good for chest pain. Uh, looking for all of the features that you would see on a chest x-ray. Um, you can do a CTPA if you're suspecting uh, pulmonary embolism. Angiography if you're highly suspecting an acute MI. Uh, upper endoscopy if you're suspecting GI causes or esophageal manometry um, if you're expecting uh, suspecting a stricture or you know esophageal uh, issues there. Mm. Musculoskeletal causes of chest pain include thoracic spine trauma or dysfunction, vertebral fracture, intercostal muscle strains or tears, rib disorders, a slipping rib or a fracture. Costochondritis, Tietze syndrome, or fibromyalgia. Management of gourd. Uh, so gourd can present as chest pain. Uh, basically, it would uh, include PPIs or uh, antacids, potentially. Management of esophageal spasm. You can use isosorbomononitrate, 10 milligrams TDS, or nifedipine, which is a calcium channel blocker, 20 milligrams daily. If you management of a pneumothorax, um, if the pneumothorax is less than 25% and no systems, then you can just observe that person. Otherwise, you would refer that person to an emergency department. Tension pneumothorax, you can put in a 12 to 16 gauge needle in the second intercostal space on the affected side. 
management of aortic dissection with the hypotensive you want to get that hypotension down with either beta blockers or IV nitroposide. Features of history on myocardial infarct include chest pain on rest or exercise can be relieved by GTN. Exam will show tachycardia, a change in conscious state, pallor and unwellness and investigations such as ECG and troponin I will be off. Um, you know, the essential diagnostic criteria are basically detecting a rise or fall of a cardiac biomarker with one value greater than 99th percentile. So the symptoms of ischemia that you need with the detection of this uh, rise and fall of this cardiac biomarker are new or presumed significant ST segment or T wave changes or a new left bundle branch block, development of pathological Q waves in ECG, imaging evidence of loss of viable myocardium or a new regional wall abnormality or identification of an intracoronary thrombus by angiography or autopsy. Uh, Scarbosa criteria are useful for diagnosing STEMIs. So they are. The Scarbosa criteria is you need more than three points for 96% specificity. And the criteria are ST elevation more than one millimetres in a lead with a positive QRS complex. You get five points. ST depression greater than one millimetre and leads V1, V2 or V3 gives you three points. And ST elevation greater than five millimetres in a lead with a negative discordant QRS complex gets you two points. And greater than three points gives you a 90% specificity of a STEMI, only a sensitivity of 36% there. So that's not super handy. In terms of management of stable angina, in terms of ma management of stable angina, you have to do no smoking, weight loss, low-fat diet, manage hypertension, diabetes and lipids. Uh, Post-AMI, prescribing beta blockers, ACE inhibitors, aspirin plus clopidogrel, statins uh, and warfarin if indicated. How to read an ECG, basically you're going to do rate, rhythm, so look at the external rhythm and the internal rhythm, which is the relationship of P to R. Axis, so axis can go plus 90 to minus 30. P wave, the width of the P wave is less than 120. The height is less than 2.5 millimeters in the limb leads and 1.5 in the precordial leads. So P wave is width less than 120, height less than 2.5 in the limb leads and less than 1.5 in the precordial. Q wave is pathological if it's more than 40 milliseconds wide, more than 2 millimeters deep, or more than 25% of the QRS complex, or anything in V1 to 3. Deep Q waves may be seen in leads 3 and AVR as a normal variant. R wave. R wave is pathological if it's dominant in V1, dominant in AVR, or if there's poor R wave progression. The T wave is upright, usually upright in all except for AVR and V1. 
The height is usually less than 5mm in the limb leads, less than 15mm in the precordial leads, and the width is less, width is the QT, QTC, how you measure the width of the T wave. Pathological T waves include hyperacute T waves, inverted T waves, biphasic camel hump or flattened T waves. Causes of hyperacute T waves include MI, Prinz metal angina. Causes of a loss of T wave precordial balance, so it, that's if V1 has an upright T wave or if it's larger than V6, that's a loss of T wave balance. Not sure what the causes are there. Causes of T wave inversions, so T waves can be normally inverted in kids. Other causes include MI, any bundle branch block, ventricular strain, PE, Hockham, or raised intracranial hypertension. Um, effect of a left bundle branch block on a T wave. Uh, left bundle branch block on T wave causes inversions in 1 and AVL, and also inversions in V5 and 6, and they're all the lateral leads. So left bundle branch blocks will cause T wave inversions laterally. Effects of a right bundle branch block on the T wave are inversions of the right precordial leads, V1 to V3. Effect of left ventricular hypertrophy on T waves, T wave inversions in the lateral leads, 1 AVL, V5 and V6, similar to left bundle branch block. The effect of right ventricular hypertrophy on T waves is a T wave inversion in your right precordial leads, V1 to 3, and inferiorly in 2, 3, and AVF. Effect of PE on T waves, so PE causes a right heart strain similar to right ventricular hypertrophy in that you get T wave inversions in your right precordial, V1 to 3, and your inferior leads, 2, 3, and AVF. And you can also get the classic S1, Q3, T3 which is T-wave inversion in lead 3. Um, effective Hockham on T-waves, you get a deep T-wave inversion in all your leads. Effective raised ICP on T-waves, you get widespread deep T-waves in a bizarre morphology. Causes of biphasic T-waves are an MI, which causes your T-waves to go up and then down, and hypokalemia, which causes them to go down and then up. And effective Wellen syndrome on a T wave. Effective Wellen syndrome on a T wave. Wellen syndrome is a critical stenosis of the LAD. Uh, type 1 Wellens is basically T waves that are deep and symmetrically inverted in V2 and 3. And type 2 is biphasic T waves with a positive negative deflection. Uh, and that's in V2 and V3. Uh, the U-wave is a small deflection after the T-wave that's seen in V2 and V3, and it's usually normal. Causes of an abnormal U-wave, or an abnormal U-wave is prominent if it's more than 1 or 2 millimetres, or more than 25% of the T-wave in height. Causes of an abnormal U-wave include bradycardia, hypokalemia, hypocalcemia, hypothermia, raised ICP, intracranial pressure, left ventricular hypertrophy, and Hockham. An Osborne wave is a positive deflection at the J point, so which is normally negative in AVR and V1. It's usually prominent in the precordial leads. The causes of an Os hypothermia, hypercalcemia, medications, subarachnoid hemorrhage, and head injury, 
uh, with the height of the Osborne wave is often proportionate to the hypothermia. Delta wave is the characteristic wave of Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome. You get a slurred upstroke to your QRS complex, which is your delta wave. <coughs> the epsilon wave is a small positive deflection or a blip buried in the end of the QRS complex. It's a characteristic finding in arrhythmogenic right ventricular dysplasia. And I haven't got to the ST segment yet, which is uh, the PR interval, the PR segment, the QT, the interval, the ST segment. In the QRS complex yet. Uh, the QT interval is QT corrected is QT divided by the square root of the RR interval, where RR is 60 on the heart rate. It's abnormal if it's more than 440 milliseconds in men or more than 460 milliseconds in women.